Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toffee, toffee. It's black cap. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Up and down. Well done. Bye bye. Hello and welcome to ABW Live. Hello, you happy campers. It's not a bad day today, is it? Not a bad day at all. Um, to all our American friends, happy 4th of July. Well, to you, Drew, and to Shreds and the boys, you know, open up the fire. Um, yeah, I'm not sure to say that. First in the box is Rocky 7 GT UK. Then we have Jimmy H29. And two, three, five, one hundred. John Bernstein, Julian Salmon is there. Uh, Marco Bricks UK is there. K Man eighteen sixty seven. J Rob. Uh, I said John Bernstein. I'm like Will AFC. David Keith. Danny's there. Uh, formerly Noza. Oh, that's a feeling I'm gonna miss. I do apologise. Sanam Garung is there. Oh, Kyan Jackson, all the way from Jamaica, is there. Oh, Grant Wilborn, Archie, Alan Craker, RJ, Carly Duelguna, Stu Fluffers is there, Jimbo. If I've missed you, I'm sorry, Gary Montague. If I've missed anything, I, I apologise, but we're going to get into it. Um, yeah, happy 4th of July to all, all the American listeners. Hope you gooners are happy. Um, big shout out to our Simon Collins, the lovely pre-match video today. He's had the, he's had the makeup girl on him. Not a head at a place, and he's after all these games reporting, and he's doing a stellar job. Fair play to the boy. Um, let's introduce our guest today. First and foremost, well, not first and foremost, not last but least. Um, Nick, how are you, Nick? Yeah, doing good, Dan. Jason, how are you, mate? Not too bad, Bart. Not too bad. Getting older, getting dafter, getting on with life. You know, it's like yeah. But we've got a win, so that's a good thing. And two clean sheets on the spin. I'm, I've got to be on some over the moon. I'm over the moon. Um, next, it's Drew. How are we, Drew? Good, good, good. How are you guys? Yeah, not too bad, pal. Not too bad. This is the happiest I've ever seen you. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Okay, I was thinking before the gate, before we went live, I, you know, set, I was setting it up and just thought, after the Brighton game, there was so much annoyance and anger at such a poor, weak performance. And today, we may not have seen the grip, the best performance ever from us, but we've seen some real metal on show. And we've seen, okay, even people who I don't think had a particularly great game, they fronted up. And that's so nice. And it's so nice to give these guys credit because obviously you can see, you know, the things that um, Mikel is working on are, are coming to fruition, you know? And that's a big away three points today. So, you know, credit to them. Um, I'm going to come straight to you on this, actually, Drew. Um, no Pepe, his partner's having a baby. Uh, she's gone into labour. So good luck, Nico, and your partner. I hope everything goes fine. Um, no Ozil again. No Gwen Doozy. Cedric starting over Hector. What were your thoughts on the lineup? Uh, no, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, going with the back three gave us a bit more stability to deal with how Wolves like to set up moving forward so i was quite happy with it i think it gave us some semblance of continuity as well um and i wasn't surprised with with who was in the 11 either i i think it's been made clear that ganduzi has a long road back if he's if even if he's not sold um the summer i think 
who knows what Mesut problem is. Yeah, we don't know if it's the actual back issue, if there's other residual things going on, but it's clear that he's not preferring 11 either. So I think he's, he's gone with something that, you know, a lot of play, a lot of fans want to see about you had. Um, I, I mean, I want to want to bend Ketia or Oba uh, through the middle to, to kind of hit wolves on the break. Cause you know, their center backs do lack pace. So um, I'm glad that Ketia got to start. It shows that uh, our Genesis phase in him is quite good. Um, I was happy with the midfield selection as well. I think across the board, it'd be tough to really look at that side and try to pick it apart and find a problem with it. Um, I think he wants to kind of see Cedric a bit more. Um, I think he also made that clear that Cedric's going to be in the team because he offers something of a final ball that Bayern doesn't. So, um, especially against Wolves, where you know you do need some creativity in, uh, across across the pitch. It's yeah. Again, I think it was no issues for me personally. But I mean, I don't know how you boys feel about it. You know, I was happy with it. I, it is what it is in my, my in my mind, you know. Gwendozi, I I he's gone. Um, Ozil, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Ozil, but um, you know I'm disappointed in Gwendozi because I thought you had a bit more about him. You know, there's obviously an, uh, you know it, it's a discipline issue, and you know you can go to hell as far as Hector needs a break and needs competition. Good to see Torreira back on the bench as well. Um, Nick starts off Torre. The, the muscles from wherever he's from. Early chance. Martinez very brave in the challenge. But Wolves came out to have a go at us, didn't they? Yeah, they were definitely... They weren't afraid of us at all. They were definitely hitting us most of the game on the counter-attack, but like straight through the middle and just running at our defence as well. And a few times, I think Martinez today saved us, but not with like brilliant shot stopping but just his decision making knowing when to come and when to sit back but but yeah that trial I mean he's a big boy and he I wouldn't know he was he spends in the gym again you know that that lad is you know cut to hell it's fair play to him yeah I mean if, if he could improve his finishing he, he, they're going to have a really decent player there aren't they I think he's had a hell of a season from all accounts. Um, you know, look, he is what he is, you know, but what he gives you an explosiveness and pace, okay, you, you know, you're going to lack in other areas, but yeah, fair play to him. He was, he was bonkers. Um, they, they came out to this, but the first half drew, you know, the first sort of 25 minutes, it was pretty cagey. I was a bit disappointed in the way we were on the ball, okay? We, you know, we weren't trying to stretch the defence. All too often, we're playing statues. We're not sending a runner down the channels at all to make that defence move. And, you know, the, the options for sort of Luis and especially Mustafi playing out to the back were very limited, weren't they? I mean, they were, but I, I don't think Arteta came to this match looking to hit Wolves early. Um, I really do think he was trying to really kind of feel them out almost like, kind of like a boxing match you know sometimes the first couple of rounds it, it's you figuring out your opponent and hitting him and figuring out how to hurt them and, and where to counter them so i'm not sad that we didn't come out all guns basically i think if we actually did that that would have played into wolf's hands directly i think wolves really do thrive on the counter so even sort of giving them some of the ball and us sitting back really takes away from the ability for trier to get behind space and if you notice he didn't really threaten as much as you've seen him threaten other sides who do try to take the match to Wolves early. And if you give him space, you're finished. And the one time he did get that amount of space, he was looking for all match long. He he scuffed his finish, thankfully for us. So I think trying to limit chances like that is exactly what Ateta wanted to do because I'm not quite sure if, you know, if you go 1-0 down to Wolves, 
that's what they want you to do. They want to be able to sit back and hit you on the break and pay. So I don't, I think our title was trying to really manage and hope that that didn't really happen. And, and we did kind of limit their, their, their good chances. If you think of Charles, they really only got, you know, a couple half chances from set pieces and, um, Neto had a good, uh, not Neto, uh, Jota had a good uh, opportunity, but it was blocked by, well by Luis. So you can't really say that there were many moments where we were kind of edge of our seat. Whereas the last time we played Wolves, you know, last couple of times when we played Wolves, I mean, they cut us apart with ease multiple times. So I think the fact that Arteta's immediately addressed that issue tactically, it shows how well he managed the match for us. And I think that had a really big part to play today. It wasn't just about the player performance. I think a lot of criticism Arteta has been getting lately about his match management. I think he kind of put that to bed today and it shows that he's learning every day on the job and he's improving with every match as well as the players under him. And that's, that's a really big thing for us moving forward. I think that's why for me today, today was huge on multiple levels. And that's probably one of the biggest ones. Nick, as, as Jim says there, okay, you see the development of the team. Uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, not getting hit in the break. We go to we've gone to a back three because we're we're a little bit deficient in midfield, we're a little bit deficient at the back, but the build on uh, building on performance on performance in the last few games, we've shown real maturity and this you know that, that sort of I want to specifically look at the the back three and the and the middle two. I don't think anybody's spectacular today, but their performances are growing game on game, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you looked at it, they just, they're not doing anything like brilliant or fantastic on the ball, but they're doing, they seem to be doing the basics right every game. They're not losing their heads, mostly. And I noticed a few times Wolves, they tried to like maybe make it kick off. And our boys today, I think there's one with um, Maitland Niles as well. I think he got booked in it, but he just didn't kick off completely where normally, you know, with the likes of Gwen Doozy and people like that, they would absolutely, you know, they can be got at and, you know, lose position, lose focus and end up giving, passing the ball away and things like that. But but like we were saying earlier, they I think they did really well today, you know, as a performance of the whole team. Yeah, I've got to be honest, I, I enjoyed it, you know. I, okay, I was frustrated first half, thought we lacked, you know, clear movement. But again, you know, if that's what, if that's what Arteta is setting up for, then they're carrying out the instruction and you can't argue too much with it. But I did feel we could have stretched them a little bit more to put them on the back foot. Yeah. We see Patricio save from Niketia, Drew. A really smartly taken shot from Eddie. I thought he'd been struggling at that point. Uh, I think he was struggling a little bit, but that also kind of shows you how rapidly he's maturing as a player as well and maybe why our tennis putting faith in him that that effort he took, and maybe if you saw that from him earlier this season or last season, he would have taken an unnecessary touch or two to try to settle it and then take away his opportunity and just putting his foot through it the first time. But when what was a really, you know, accurate first effort and caught, I think I caught um, Patricia kind of unawares given how we oh. tend to make that save. So you just see that instinct in him is growing. And, and, and that's what you want from a young player of his age where now he, he really has to push on given his age profile. So, um, yeah, no, I think we all kind of, you know, when it happened, I, I thought that was going in. I was, you know, yeah. ready to go through my ceiling with, with, with that effort. But it's unfortunate he didn't score. But again, it shows that intent and that, that rapidly increasing maturity that you want from him. And, and, and it's, I think we can now, a lot of us can have maybe a little bit more faith in him moving forward, which is great. You know, that that's a big piece for the club moving forward, you would assume. And given what Arteta has to say about him over the last couple of weeks, 
you're kind of starting to see that now for sure. Yeah, I, look, you know, I, I wasn't enamored of his performance up to that point, but the confidence it takes to take on that shot early and to get on target and to really put Patricio, who's a top-class keeper, under pressure, you know, it shows his growth. And that's really positive, you know. I, I, it was so enjoyable to watch him take that on and have a crack. Uh, you know, I was I was chuffed for him. I really was. Um, there's not a massive amount of talk about the first half, but Drew, let's get to the goal. Saka, who I felt had struggled on the right hand side, he'd worked hard. He, he, you know, he did okay. But you see a crossfield ball, which we've been playing all game. You know, we were. Uh, Crossfield balls are part of the makeup of our tactic, tactical setup nowadays. But Cedric plays across, Alba links on to Tierney, Tierney across, and my God, Bakayoko Saka, Tekas, 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 what a finish. It, it was a nice finish, and it's not, it wasn't nearly as easy of a finish as people think, you know. You have to strike that expertly for that to not go into the ground to blaze over the bar. To, he could have hit it wide very simply. So, again, it showed instincts that our young players are developing at a pretty rapid pace that you want to see. And it's something that maybe we've lamented at not having at the club for a while. So, um, and I mean, no, I think we all had the same reaction when that one ended, didn't we? So, um, and it's, it just gives you confidence. And it more importantly, it gives them confidence. And I think it's, it's, it's why they're giving, Arteta some tough decisions. They're making themselves undroppable. When you have young players who make themselves undroppable based off of form, you're going to reap the benefits long term as well. And you see that in players, you know, like Alfonso Davies right now at Byron. You know, he played himself. We got his opportunity. He played himself right into the left back role. And um, you want more of that with, with, with the, our young players. Well, Martinelli did the same thing before his injury. Um, and Ketty's doing that currently. So, I mean, I was quite happy for him. I think you saw what it meant when it went in, you know, just signing a new deal, committing his future to the club, and he scores a goal as a quick repayment. You couldn't have written a better quick Saturday storyline, so I'm quite happy for that. No, it, 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 was, it was so pleasing, you know. The, one of the things, Nick, I want you to talk about the goal. I also want you to expand on the fact that the amount of character it takes for these young players, you know, Saka's had a tough afternoon. He's had a tough half, um, 45 minutes, and he's still got the mental strength and the ability to put that away. I, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this um, wing-backs thing where we're... Well, I suppose they're wing backs now, you know, like Cedric and Tierney and people like that playing these lovely diagonal balls over the top. You know, something different. We haven't really seen a lot of whip from crosses lately. Normally, we try and play one twos, you know, with a winger and a full back and whip it into the box. And a lot of times by then, you know, a lot of the defenders are back and we're getting people like Aubameyang and Lacazette struggling for like headers in the air and stuff. But, pl but playing it early, like we have been. You know, that's been catching a few people out since we've restarted after, you know, the COVID thing. But I did, I did look because um, when the ball came in, was it from Tierney? And there was like a hint of handball or a oh, there's definitely a deflection. And you could see with Saka, he knew what he was going to do. He got his body shape right. No hesitation. And just, I mean, he couldn't have hit that any sweeter if he had tried. He could have had, he could have hit 10 of those and none of them would have been as sweet as that. And I just liked him because he had a lot of time to think about it as well. And a lot of our boys, when they have time to, you know, in the past, time to think about, 
you know, shooting or passing and stuff like that. They tend to fluff it, but this kid, like, he's just playing with no fear at all at the moment. And like I say, what a finish by the boy, especially, you know, the pressure, I'd say the pressure was on, but, you know, we were nil-nil away from home. That was our first real, I'd say, decent chance where he thought, you know, get it on target, and he did. So can't, can't be more happier than that for him. Uh, his body shape, yeah. when he strikes that ball, just his body shape, you know, the the the, the quality shown, I was just absolutely thrilled for him. That ends up at the first half. Um, we're going 1-0 up, really pleased with that. Uh, we dominated possession 57%. We had more shot. Uh, we had three shots on target as opposed to Wolves six. So we had three shots as opposed to Wolves six on target. All of three were on target. One from Wolves, two corners to their one, but three fouls to two to us. It, it, it hadn't been the uh, the most inspiring first half of football. Um, it is difficult for these guys. You know, there's no crowd. You know, when they were playing high or silver lining um, at the beginning of the match, it always kind of struck me, you know, remembering back to listening to that full pelt and all the fans at Mall and you singing it. It's it's quite a sound. So I think we've really got to be, uh, you know, a little bit more thoughtful with the way we look at it. Drew, second half starts um, and Wolves are on top from the start, aren't they? Yeah, but you'd expect it, and you know some some numbers came out at halftime that I think it's seventy three percent of their goals, no, that seventy three percent of the goals they scored come in the second half this season. Um, I think they had the best defensive record in the second half as well. So you always knew they were going to come out and try to get back in the game. Um, and again, I, I, you know, even myself at that time, I was kind of I didn't want us to sit too far back, you know, and invite the pressure because you knew that maybe they would get that half chance and put it away, but. I think I was just so tired of managing the game again. And if you look at it upon reflection and with some hindsight, I think you made the right decision. You know, Wolves in the last 15 minutes, maybe almost close to 20 minutes, you see their legs started to get a little bit tired. They had to bring on a, a lot of changes as well. And I think they almost played themselves out of getting a result because I think they pushed too hard for the goal early, um, despite almost getting it. So, um, no, I mean, but again, I mean, that's, that's part of it. When you're away from home, it can't always just be kind of balls of wall football unless you're uh, a side like Liverpool or Man City where you can afford to do that and we can't right now so I don't think it was anything that wasn't expected and then we, we still managed it quite well I think you know defensively we looked pretty solid except for the one or two moments where Wolf did find space and did create and maybe our positioning was slightly off balance but overall again I think you know we can all say we're pretty happy with that What were your thoughts if I go to Nick what, I want to go one, uh, one piece for me your thoughts on 55 minutes we swap Tierney for AMN. Now, AMN offers you a bit more pace, um, no doubt. But what were your thoughts on that change? Yeah, I thought it was a bit strange because I thought, I didn't know if he like got an injury or something like that because Tierney's played really well since they've been back. But maybe, I'd say, well, obviously, it must have been some, you know, tactical reason. And yeah, I can't really think why they would, why they would have swapped him, but they did. But I mean, he done really well when he came on. Like we were saying earlier, he linked up quite well. He did. He put a few like um, so dark art sort of like scruffing in the corner and stuff like that, holding the ball up well and just keeping it away from. Him. So he, I think he did his job really well. And if he keeps when he comes on like that, and not just him, 
But all these players, when they come on and do what Arteta wants them to do from the bench, then they're giving them he's given Arteta decisions to make whether or not to start them or not. Because yeah, if you're not on if you don't start the game, it doesn't mean you don't have any influence on the game at all. You've got to have you know, a plan B or someone to come on and do something different. Like I say, he's slightly, he's a different type of player to Tierney as well. And he looks, he did really well when he came on. So I was happy he came on in the end. I, I got to be honest, I thought yeah, man was superb. Mm. I thought his physical, he uses physical attributes well. I thought he's tenacious. I thought he really took to the challenge of Trore and, um, you know, he went out there. Drew, was that, was that, Good tactical piece from uh, Arteta, in your opinion? I think so, and um, also, but again, it shows his willingness to adapt in the moment, and that's something that you see from managers that are building confidence within themselves as well, um, but also have faith across the squad. You know, being able to make a tactical change on the fly based off of the the ebb and flow of the matches is really a big part of being a, a you know, manager in football. So, um, but I also do think that. There were quite a few instances in the first half where maybe Tierney had to run himself a bit ragged. You know, um, yeah. we don't know how strong his fitness levels are. You know, I don't think we're going to ask him to complete a lot of ninety-minute performances right now, especially considering the nature of how often we're playing every you know three or four days. Sometimes um, you do have to manage your players, and, and, and you know, I think a lot of us will look at Milan Niles as a player who can fill multiple roles. You know, he can play right back, he can deputize the left back if you need. You know, there's arguments that he can play centrally. So if you're going to have that kind of player um, that you can bring off the bench and he can do a job for 20 minutes, then you use that kind of player. You know, you, you see, you know, other players like, you know, James Milner is that kind of, uh, plays that kind of role for Liverpool. So, um, yeah, no, I, I do think it was good for our target to identify the weakness maybe and then and adjust real quickly before I could become a much bigger problem. I think that showed his his maturation as a manager that we've seen over the last you know couple of weeks. I think you're not just seeing, you know, as, as we talk with the confidence of the team moving forward through the games, you're seeing that confidence in Mikel as well. Obviously, you know, I mean, he's, he, you know, between the Guendouzi situation, you've obviously got something happening with Ozil. You know, you've got Nico Pepe, he's my partner going into labour. He's got to deal with all these things. And I thought the performance the boys put out on the pitch today really showed... Uh, substance in this growth from both them and him and that's really nice to see it's a positive feeling we're forward um nick on 62 minutes you see a really good move from wolves you had a luis stay with his runner going into the box for a good blocking martinez brave on a cross coming through um challenged by wolves player no issues every going for the ball really good football all round then on 63 minutes, not long after, you don't really clear everything properly. Traore's played in. Um, I think we can sometimes look at our defending and be a bit too critical. It was a good, as well worked. We turned the ball over in midfield and Wolves took full advantage, but he couldn't control it and he fires over. Ooh, there were a couple of minutes of absolute bonkers stuff going on, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, it was similar to the Norwich game. It seemed from the start of the second half up until that drinks break with whatever tactics Wolves decided to do at halftime, they were definitely hit us. And I think we were sort of on the ropes like for a good 10, 15 minutes. 
And obviously when Shuro went through, I think the goalkeeper did well to come out as fast as he did because that could have really backfired on him because he obviously looked up and thought, oh, I'm going to have to chip him because he was up. He was tall. So he thought, oh, well, I've got to chip him. And thank God that was just over the post, you know, over the crossbar because that was really close because you, you can make yourself look really silly if the guy takes it early and just puts it on the floor and then you're in no man's land. But he done well, let's say, to come out as quick as he did. And I think his decision-making pretty much the whole game was spot on today. So he's really he's going to give um, Arteta a decision to make because I think we've been talking, obviously, on the podcast and in the news about Arsenal maybe getting another goalkeeper. Let's talk about like Fraser Forster and people like that. But if he keeps playing the way he's playing in the next like five, six games we've got left, hopefully he's obviously going to save Arteta a bit of money where he can spend it elsewhere. Sorry, sorry. Richard Morris, you're bang on. You're bang on. <laughs> Richard Morris is spotted where I live. <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, do you know what? This this chat box makes me smile. Phil Marker, you were late. Keep your trap shut. <laughs> oh, Jesus wept. <laughs> Do you know what? Okay, this chat box is nuts. So some shout outs. Phil Marker, you were late. You haven't got a note. I'm not happy with you. Um, John 95 Winston's there, Big Bunny Kane, K-Man 1867, Richard Morris, who just who's won the chat box today. Formerly knows uh, um oh god, I'm gonna struggle with this one, mate. So apologies. Abiodum Odielli. Um uh, if I've missed around start, I do apologize, but it's my first attempt at it. Um, boy, ten Dio's there. Uh, Andrew Thomas. Oh, this is you, Drew. Jesus, Avon Teddington's there. <laughs> that, sorry, Richard Morris just ruined me. Mega Buzzed Gaming is there. Uh, oh, there was some Russ Morgan, Julian Salmon. Uh, um, Ali, oh, sorry, Ali Card, Ali Card, Ali Card Live, too. Sorry. Hello, all. How are we? Um, Drew, you then see the drinks break. Um, um, that's on about 74 minutes. Sorry, about 69, 70 minutes. And Arteta was going to bring on Hector and Willock for Saka and Cedric. But he held off because we were in a bit of a defensive issue. And he held off for a few minutes, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um but again, I, I I don't know. I it's hard for me. I, I don't like to speculate a lot, so I'm not quite sure, you know, why it couldn't have been changed a little bit earlier. And I don't really know if uh, it could have been one of the rules necessarily about the sub windows. I'm not even quite sure about all the exact facts about the sub windows, to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, it ended up working out in the end. Um, so I'm not <laughs> again. I'm not quite sure what you're trying to angle with the question. So maybe you can tell me what you're talking about. I, I, I just, I just, I just thought you know he trusted the guys on the pitch. They're warm, yeah. they're alert, and he had enough confidence to say, actually, let's just hold up on this. I, I, I'm trusting my guys to see this out. And again, it's that, it's that bond with him and the squad, and you know, in in having faith in who's on the pitch and playing through it. You, you mean you could also say that at that point in time, maybe if you wanted to maybe be a little bit on the front foot for a couple more minutes, keeping Cedric on in theory probably would have helped that out because he has a better final ball than Bayern would. So you could maybe argue that point. Um, 
And also with um, with Saka, he does have um, a bit of pace that could cause issues on the counterattack as well. So but a good counterattacking chance could pop up in five or six minutes, you know, having him on could have made some sense as well. Um, I mean, yeah, but other than that, I think you bring up a fair point, just, you know, the fact that he is showing faith in his players right now. He is trying to, but it's not just about appreciation of the players. It's, it's, it's confidence building. And I think you saw us through, you know, the course of the last couple of weeks, the confidence that is building across the side, but also, I mean, we could think back to the last season um, or even early on in this season, if we put this same match scenario into, you know, October, would we have seen it out that well? You know, would the players have been confident? You know what I mean? It, would the mistake levels, would, would those have been as reduced as they were today? I'm not quite sure about that. I think that's something that we aren't talking enough about, about how well the players are responding to the faith that's being shown in them with the fact that everyone seems so comfortable with their roles now. And, and we couldn't say that. Um, even under Freddie, and even in the early days under Arteta, you still saw that the, everything was so disjointed. But we're rapidly becoming the exact opposite of that, and I think that's why you know, we're getting that right platform and building block to actually do something with it. And maybe you think you do have a fair point that maybe if you wanted to give them another five or six minutes to, to test them to see, work yourselves out of the out of the pressure enough finding yourselves in. That's a really good shout. It, it's one of those things, you know. I think you make a really great point about them. A really, really great point about this team and the way it's grown. You know, we can see. I, I didn't see any change in the Freddie. Um, there are other issues around that. No coaching staff. You know, I, I felt he was sold up the river, but I don't think he made any changes either, which is disappointing. Um, he just went with what Emery was doing, which I found really, really frustrating. But, you know, you can see the hard work paying off now. You go from the Brighton performance to this. And, you know, I, I did my next note's Nick. Um Swiss gets a yellow going through the back of Alba. Um, then Swiss, another, he, he was lucky to stay in the park, another bad challenge on Eddie. But AMN picks up a yellow for going up Matinho. He'd taken the ball, he'd won the ball, he was in traffic, he turned the ball over, he didn't want to let it go, did he? He wanted to stick with it, he really showed desire at that point. Yeah, I mean, it looked like he got a bit of a shoulder charge just before that and put on his arse. And normally, you know, players like, you know, we've had in the past, they would just sort of sit on the floor and cry, wave their hands and that. But he was straight up, nope, not having that. And I think he was unlucky to get books because he won the ball, but I, I, I suppose he did make sure he took the man as well. He went, he went through him, to be fair. Yeah, and then the next leg obviously took the man as well. But I, I like that. You've got to have a bit of fighting because if they're going to start putting it about a bit, you've got to match them. But obviously not go over the top and give the referee decisions to make by lashing out, but match them on the pitch, what they're doing, like blow for blow. Don't like, you know, I mean, there's a few times late where we saw some of our players like moaning at the referee. And I was like, no, stop doing that. He's not interested. Just get on with it. And I think they did for the rest of it. Pretty much since that tackle, I think Wolves thought, no, we're not going to bully these today. We've tried... We've come out the second half. They're you know they're weathered the storm, and I think not to say the drinks break. I mean I was thinking about this earlier. You know when we're talking about managers on the side of the pitch shouting and all that, how can they get messages onto players on the pitch without the opposition coaches and players hearing what he's saying as well? 
you know, if you're telling him, oh, he's doing this, put him down the other side, that he's going to hear it. So maybe with this drink break, he's telling people closely, right, I want you to do this, do this more. This guy's run, running your ragged down this end. Just help him for five minutes. And that's why it seems to be simple. So it's like a mini half time or what do they do in America? Like a timeout sort of thing. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, that's making it a lot more interesting, you know, for managers and coaches because, you know, normally when you've got 50, 60,000 fans screaming, you can't really hear what they're saying very well. And even the players, you know, shouting like man on to each other, face up, get into position, help him out. They couldn't maybe like 100% hear that every time. But in this, like I say, double-edged sword, everyone can hear everything. So I, th I think a lot of, not just Arsenal, a lot of teams are actually uh, give better performances. No, 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 you know, we're, we're developing. Um, uh, <laughs> this is helping. I think, you know, <laughs> we were doing okay before the break. We were doing okay. We weren't brilliant, but we were, go we were going well. Um, yeah, the break came at a difficult time. The City game is always a poison chalice. You know, if you get something fantastic, but they were superb that day and we were not up to much. We didn't lose 4-0 though, did we? Look, it doesn't really matter, but that Brighton game, that Brighton game was gutless and we, we, we let ourselves down and that annoyed me. But the response since that time and the development we see game on game, week on week, is very, very impressive. So we're using everything we, we've got to, to develop. Um, Drew, on 80 minutes, 81 minutes, you see Torreira and Laka replace Ceballos and Eddie. Um, your thoughts on Ceballos' performance? He's obviously talented. There's no getting away from it. He's, he's got talent. He frustrated me today, but there was no lack of effort, was there? No, I think with him, there's never a lack of effort, in all fairness. I, I don't think that's the problem. I think for me, his decision-making can come into question at times. You see that, he, you know, positionally he does quite well. You know, he's confident on the ball. He's not afraid to get stuck in. He's also not afraid to take players on when he's in possession. But I think sometimes he, you see him try to force a pass. And there was a couple instances today where he gave possession away needlessly that could have you know, given us a bit of problems. And I think you've seen that from him every single performance since the restart where you can pick out between two, three and four moments of, you know, it's, there was a better option and he tried to force a bad pass and then it's immediate turnover of possession. And then, you know, the other team breaks. So I think if he can, if he can just work on that, almost that one thing about himself alone, then I, I'd be more confident playing him more often. Again, I, I agree with you. It's not a lack of ability. I think that's pretty clear, but there's a reason why Real Madrid don't want him. You know, and it's not to slight him as a player, but it's the it's the it's the small percentage margins where if he keeps making the same routine mistakes in one key area of his game, you're not going to want to play him week in week out in your midfield, particularly in such a role that's so pivotal to your side. So, um, but I think he, I think he and both Shaka played quite well today, and Arteta's post match comments reflect his feelings on the performance as well. So, if we can get him confident. You know, playing weekend we got along with Jock, I think they can form a pretty balanced midfield partnership. And then, you know, depending on what we do in the summer, if we do any summer business, that gives us a really balanced midfield in terms of options. So, yeah. Come to that after the questions. Uh, Nick, 85 minutes in. We'll look. I thought we'll look. 
had really shown up since he came on the, the pitch today. Thought, you know, he, he offered you something. He's playing, he's replaced Gemma Sack on the right-hand side. Great work from Willock into the box. A good ball to Lacazette. Lovely feet and bang, it's 2-0. Yeah, I mean, that's the sort of thing we want Lacazette to do, where he's actually in the box and he's facing the goal. You know, whereas a lot of there's too many times, especially away from home, I don't know if because this is the end of the game and he was just allowed to play with a bit more freedom, but there's too much time where he's 20 yards out from goal. You know, he's got his back to goal. He's got two players behind him and he's trying to link up with, you know, a Bamiang or whoever. And he's just not getting any chance to actually have many shots per game. So that's probably why he's not scoring. But that sort of thing, that quick feet and the way he just shuffled that out of his body and put that past him. I mean, the keeper had no chance. I mean, that was, I'd say that was past him before he'd even known Lacazette was having a shot. And I mean, I don't know if he's going to go in the summer, whether or not we have to sell him for funds for other places and maybe he wants to go, but if we're going to play him more to his strengths and allow him to get on the ball and have shots at goal and stuff like that, that's fine. But if we're going to try and make him play as some sort of link-up man with his back to goal, we might as well sell him now because that's no good to him and we could get better players to do what we're asking Lacazette to do you know, with his back to goal than what he's doing. You know, if if it wasn't worth us getting rid of Giroud if if we were gonna play if we were just gonna play Lacazette how we were playing him. No, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. I think you know look, you know, there's a couple of our players at the moment who've had a tough time recently. And there's the you know the <laughs> you know you see you see some absolute nonsense spoken about it at times. Lacazette has been through the mill. You can see there's a lack of, there's been a lack of confidence. He hasn't been as zippy as he normally is. Um, his footwork for this goal was fantastic. And I'm so chuffed for him, you know. Uh, the first person I look for on Twitter when Lacazette scores is Chris Carpenter. You know, he's a massive fanboy and, and rightfully so. And it was just so nice to see him get that, you know, I was, I was disappointed in the Norwich game when Xhaka scored, Lacazette's on the edge of the box, I want him in the box at that point, but he was in the box today, Drew, um, you know, he's not a bad player, we know he's not a bad player, you don't become a bad player overnight, but he's been going through a tough time, hasn't he? I think so, and for me, and I said this uh, on Twitter Talk recently, that I think for me, it's solely based on he just lacks confidence, and I think that's very apparent when you watch him play. You know, you just watch his mannerisms on the pitch. You know that he's not just someone who's really firing on, on all cylinders right now. And, and, and his decision making in the box when he does get into the box was always quite questionable. And that was something that was never about his game. He was always very decisive in terms of knowing he's going to play a ball to a teammate or knowing he's going to put his foot through and try to finish it. And you know, you saw that even when um, he first came to the club. And the fact that he you know, can't just make up his mind recently, um, I think speaks to that. But the way he took his goal today, that's the Lacazette that we that we bought. You know, you saw that week in, week out from him at Leon, and then you saw that in large parts of him when he was in good form for us. So um I mean I take your I take your guy's point that, you know, when you have a number nine you want him in the box a lot. But, you know, think 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 back to, you know, how often does, you know, Aguero and Firmino drop deep. 
you know, to link midfield. And I, and I think that's, and you see more of it with Enketia now as well, don't you? He's coming, he's, he's dropping back deep to, you know, almost to midfield a lot of time to really kind of get more involved. And it's not because he's not tasked with getting goals. It's because you have to keep the passing lanes available. You have to make sure your passing chains are there. So, but the impetus has to be on him then to get further forward into the box as play progresses. So you do have to find that balance, but the way he took his goal today, if you start seeing from him, that from him more often as the season starts to close, that's another interesting headache that Arteta's going to have moving forward, especially for next season, because a lot of people want Lacazette sold. I don't think Arteta wants him sold. I, I don't think the club wants him sold. Um, and I'd rather have a good headache than a bad one, obviously. So um, we'll see. But I'm, I mean, I'm quite happy for him for his goal today. And I think everyone else kind of had the same reactions. I, I think you know, more people are chuffed about it than, than, than you know, you're you're going to get negativity, you know, uh, and 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 you know we, we can all be negative after a poor performance. That's fine, but I thought today we were gritty. I thought we were really gritty, and I thought Lacazette summed that up in, you know, in the way he took his goal. He kept at it, good footwork, and he finished well. The one thing about Lacazette, I think he misses that runner coming off him from midfield, and we don't get runners in that position, and that kind of frustrates me. Um, Nick, I want you to answer this and then I want you to pass straight across to Drew on, 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 on his thoughts. The game as a whole, we've gone out today, we've been measured. I think we can rightly be critical of certain areas of our game, but I think you have to give us a massive credit for the way they all... But sorry, bear me a second. Da, Danny Yosep, you... Wait... Stop spamming my box. Go to hell. I hope you get an STD. Um, I hope it's a nasty one as well. I hope you're scratching for ages, you scumbag. Get out of my box. Um, yeah, you know, wasn't a perfect performance from us. But my God, we stuck to our game plan. We showed metal. We defended well. You know, uh, there's so many more positives to take from this display than I felt they were on Wednesday against Norwich. Your thoughts, Nick, then please pass on to Drew. Yeah, I mean, other than, you know, like I say, clean sheets and goals and stuff like that, I just think, especially today, and even in the first half, where we thought that was a bit, I won't say boring, but I think we were trying to dictate the pace of the game. You know, we weren't going to allow Wolves to you know, bully us, let them run at us, let them, let them scare us or you know, bully us with fouls, rotational fouls and stuff like that, we pretty much cancelled them out most of the game. And so other than the Traore one where he almost chipped Martinez, they, did they really have many look good at goal? What do you think, Joe? I don't think they had much. I think I'm looking on here. I think they only actually had one shot on target the whole game. So what do you reckon, Drew? Uh, looks like Jason's disappeared. Uh, no, I think I would agree with you. Um, I think the fact that we only allowed one shot on frame all match actually is a really good positive sign. And um, I mean, I think everyone's happy with the clean sheet, you know. Um, but again, I think that the the big thing for me, and we've already highlighted it a couple of times, is the way the game was managed. Not just the way our title managed it, but the way the players managed the game as well. You saw a bit more responsibility, a bit more maturity in the players, especially the young players. And, if you're looking to build a longer term project at the club, that's something that you that you, that you want to see progression in. 
even by a very small margin every every outing as long as you're trending up constantly that's what you want to see and i think we're seeing that right now and you know, pre-match Wolves was the informed side in the Premier League. You know, they, they don't score a lot of goals, but they certainly know how to see teams off. They certainly know how to keep clean sheets. And then they know how to take their chances when they threaten it. And as you said, you know, we limited their chances incredibly well. I think Arteta showed that, you know, he's showing an increased ability of how to counter uh, use opposite number on the touchline. So um, these are pretty big hallmarks things that you want to see for a team who's trying to really rebuild their brand and, and trying to rebuild things on the pitch and wants to be ready to, to compete in kind of short order. So um, I think it's a brilliant performance. It's a massive result, especially we're going to go up against the Leicester side who's been patchy for me, and another one there, and we're right back in it for you know top six. It's, it's, it's big, and I think a lot of people might start be thinking of what we before deemed highly unlikely is now becoming an actual possibility, and it gives us something to play for, which is quite nice. Yeah, you know, the turnaround, I mean, I think we're, unfortunately, I think those three points dropped against Brighton are, are going to haunt us, and, and that's a shame. That's a real, real shame, because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm really happy with the way these guys are are, are developing. Um, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a really strange summer. It's going to be a, re, the transfer window is going to be massive for us, um, and the players that we bring in, you know, you just hope that they're going to complement this squad and 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 kind of go forward. Um, Aaron Hadari and Richard Morris are both a pair of slags. That's all I'm going to say. You gets, you absolutely gets. Um, so let's go to questions, guys. That's the game. I think we can all agree it's a great result for us. Three points at Wolves is not easy. Um, really good performance. Another step on the road to building a, a, a squad to, to make it to challenge, which you know, which is what we all want. So, right, let's get into it. Nick, first to you. Julian Salmon asks, Do you think we should stay firm on the Saliba issue or try to come to some sort of solution with San Etienne? Uh, that's about us putting the block on um, uh, San Etienne uh, on Saliba playing in the French Cup final. Uh, it's due to Medicals having to come back and forth to London. What are your thoughts, mate? I'm really sure. I mean, because has his when does his contract officially end? Is it like the first of July, maybe? So is, I think it's, is his contract up or is it the end of July? But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, he's our player. He's on loan with them. That's come to an end because the season would have ended. Whether they've negotiated the um, extension or not, I don't know. But, you know, you're talking about a young guy who's got a chance to play in a final. You know, how is he going to react to that if we stop that happening? Yeah, they should just let him play. I mean, I know we've only got, like, Sabayas and that on loan, but I assume Madrid have extended, you know, our loan of him for a few weeks to finish the season. I mean, let's say this has, this has never happened before. And if everyone seems to be extending everyone's loans, and I can't see why we won't let him do it, and it's one game, you know, he's he's a I'd say you know he's a French boy. Why would he not want to play in the cup final? And why would you? I don't know why they'd stop him unless it's something to do with um. Well, he's, made, he's had a groin issue. He has right. So well. If our doctors look at him and say he's not fit and their doctors look at him and say he is fit, we have to go on what our doctors say. Or just get a third-party doctor, as you know, in the middle and see what they say, you know. But 
if he is injured, then he shouldn't play because he's still our player. We've loaned him back for the season, which is the reason we got him. You know, we allowed him to go back. You know, there's not many players that would buy a player, you know, teams that buy a player for 30, 35 million pounds and then loan him back again, for, you know, for the remainder of the season. Not that much, but if he's not, you know, if he is injured and they're going to give him an injection and tell him to play and he rips his groin and he needs an operation, he's out for six, seven months of our season, then, yeah, he shouldn't play. But I, I, I can't look, I can't see San Etienne doing that, you know, that, you know, and, unless he's 100% fit because their credibility goes down the, goes down yeah. the river. That's right. If he's fit, fair enough, let him play. But if he's not fit, then he can't play. That's just That's just common sense, really. I mean, yeah. why would they want someone to play that's not fit? You no, got no, down no. after ten minutes, and then they've got to make a sub, and that could, you know, that could make mean that they won't win the cup if they have to make a sub early on. This, this is the thing, you know. They're, they're not going to play anybody who's half fit. You're, you're taking it, Drew. Um, it's tough, man. I think, especially he's such a young player as well, and he's he's done so well for for Santi and then. He's almost, I mean, he's earned the right to play in a cup final, and it's a big cup final for them. And they're, they're a club who don't get a lot right now. You know, they're not going to be in the league anytime soon because PSG is there. And getting a cup final for a club that is pretty historic in France would be pretty big for him as well. And then and giving him a boost of confidence coming into you know our preseason and next season off the back of a cup final win would be would be huge. But on the flip side, I understand the club's position. You know, and and you know, as Nicky just said that. What happens if, you know, even if he does pass fully fit, what happens if he gets an ACL done in the cup final? He's out for six months. You know, that's our player at that point as well. And, and technically, you know, we didn't know about, you know, things restarting or what France is going to do with their footballing schedule. But, you know, I guess a lot of people assume that their season was over. And I think a lot of people in France assume the same. So um, it's tough. I, at the end of the day, you know, clubs do have to protect their assets, their players. And, um if we're going to want Sliwa to come back, you know, to, to compete for a starting place, then they're going to want to protect them. And I get, and I get that. And I think that's the only basis of where they're coming from, but you do feel for him as well. He's, he might potentially miss out on a chance to, to, to achieve something really big um, in a career that's still, you know, quite young. He, he's only been playing as a professional football for two or three seasons. So you, you feel for him, but you understand where the club's coming from. So, I mean, I don't have a necessarily opinion on what I think the club should do. I just, I see both angles. And yeah, hopefully they can come to some sort of agreement about it. Well, Richard Morris and Chris Lodato have both put in the box. Apparently, if you let him play one more game, it would meet, uh, it would trigger a 17 appearance clause. And we owe them an additional two and a half million euros. So, uh, God only knows. God only knows. Um... Sticking with you now, Drew. Um, Sanam Garung asks, "Do we sell Wenduzi in the summer?" I mean, as for right now, you're thinking. To me, it doesn't matter how much potential he has as a footballer. It's if he's not going to really get his head down and, and try to take instruction and then listen and come on board with everything that they're trying to do internally at the club about building culture and, and respect and, and how to carry yourself as a player, then he has to go. And then it has no bearing on, on his ability as a player. I think he could play a vital role for the club long-term because of his age, because of what he's already, how many appearances he's already made despite being such a young player. But it's clear that there are issues and it's not the first time. 
you know, you had that, that rumored bust up with Arteta in Dubai. You had this current issue now. You know, you have the fact that the club had to really come down on him about, you know, how outwardly he is about on social media and just how to carry us off. If these are all issues that are going to persist, you don't want that in the dressing room when you're trying to really rebuild from within and, and, and get the right type of players into the club. So I think if he, if he can't really come to heel and, and, and sort himself out, then you do sell him. And especially because right now you're looking at a sizable chunk of money for a player that you can get and, and you can reinvest. And you still also have faith in quite a few other young players we already have with the club. So um, I wouldn't be sad if he left um, off those terms. But, you know, if he, if he wants to get his head right, then I'm more than happy for him to stay. You know, it's not, I don't think he should be forced out. I think the ball's in his court. How he responds depends on what we do with it. At least in my take. So, I look, I gotta be honest. I think his ego far outweighs his talent. You know, he offers you very little going forward, he offers you very little going backwards. His passing's not slick enough, he's not good enough on the ball, in my opinion. If somebody wants to pay us a ton, a, a ton for him, money for him, I'd get him at the door too sweet. I think there, there are better leagues for his his talent out there, and um, uh, and it's a shame because. When he first arrived, I thought he could be something special. But you know, if he's not going to get on 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 board of the Arteta train, he can go to hell. Um, Thunder Road, Thunder Road. Ellis put you in timeout, so I put Ellis in timeout. He doesn't put you in timeout, pal. I put you in timeout. He's gone. Ellis is blocked for five minutes. Stuff in. Sorry, El. <laughs> Nicky Wilson. Nicky Wilson. Um, Julian Salmon asks. Any truth in the rumours that Aubameyang will be signing a new contract next week? Apparently, he wants three years. He wants a quarter of a million quid a week. Ah, what would you do, Nick? What would you do? Well, I'd say, I mean, I was thinking the other day, a few people said he hasn't really had a lot of injuries, touch wood, especially when he's been at us. So, he's you know, he's quite fit. You know, these players are a lot more athletes than they were years ago we look at Ronaldo's what 34 35 and they reckon when he came back from this quarantine he was actually fitter than what he was when he went into it so if he can keep himself fit and he wants to sign and yeah I mean I think what's he on I think he's on about 200 at the moment and if he wants 250 that's like a 25 percent pay rise and I think what he's done in the last two and a half years you know, no footballers worth the silly money they're getting, but if you're talking 25% more money for what he's done the last two and a half years, I wouldn't begrudge him that. I mean, if he was talking 400, 500,000 pounds a week, that's just his way of saying he wants out, you know. But if, if that's what he's asking for, 250, three year deal, yep, get him signed. I'd be happy with that. Sweet, Drew. <laughs> Hmm. Um, oh, this, this is the one though. Drew's not Alba's biggest fan, but the <laughs> goals are there. Can we afford to lose the book goal? I mean, Drew, if it was me, mate, I'd give him 250 grand a week and a finger up the bum. Okay, Kill I, I, would. I, I, I would keep him because he's only asking for 250 a week, and I think that's pretty reasonable he's already on roughly about 200 215k now so you're only really buffing him up another 30 to 40k a week that's really not that bad considering and he is only 
30 to 31. He is still getting goals. He's, he's still in the golden boot race currently. The only question you could ask is if long-term, if he's still going to be used on the left, how happy he's going to be in that role and if the goal production will eventually drop if his athleticism drops. I think that's the only question mark is all the players as they age, they by default lose pace over time, all athletes. So that's the, the only question you could really say. Um, but to Nikki's point, the longest he's ever been out is seven days. And he's never missed more than two matches ever in his entire career. So he is an incredibly fit athlete and he does not really get even when when he when he gets when he gets, you know, hard challenges week in, week out, you see him, he pops right back up. He he recovers quite well. So if you have a nat- a player who's naturally just naturally fit to that level, you kinda wanna Really put your eggs in that basket. So, I mean, I would for that money. Yes, if he was asking for three fifty, four hundred, I would tell him to. You know, there's no way. But I think that's pretty reasonable considering. I think it shows that he actually does want to be here. So I would, I would, I would resign him. Yeah. I find that really interesting because I know you've got your issues with Alba, and uh, you know, you're always honest in what, what, what you say, and, and and that's why you know you're on here. You know. But that level of elasticity he has in his body to just be out for seven days, that's that's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, all credit to the guy. He keeps himself in good shape. I'm not a fan of some of his social media behaviour and stuff like that. I'm not. But, you know, it's his life and he gets to do what he wants to do. You know, you, you, you've got to give him a bit of credit there. Um, Nikki John Bernstein asks if Alba signs the thing and Pepe is left. Um, I see you have Pepe and Eddie in the middle, Alba on the left. Um, how do we get Sack into the lineup? Left wing, um, uh, you know, wing back, or, or what about Tierney? How do you see Sack developing then? Well, it come in when he in. I mean, I don't know. We if Man City get. Band or we win the FA Cup, we're still going to be in Europa League next year. So there's going to be probably plenty of games for him to play. And, you know, I think a lot of people get stuck, and I always have that on the first 11. It's a squad game now. It's been a squad game for a long time, and Arsenal have really been about that for, you know, a long time, you know. And if they keep the um, five sub rule for next season, we're going to need more players in there anyway and plus with our injury record he's going to get plenty of minutes and hopefully you know he's just got to come in and he's just got to learn from the experienced players I mean we said Drew was saying about Aubameyang yeah he's obviously he's going to drop off in the next two or three years if he signs another three year deals he'll be 34 obviously not but if he can work well with you know like a Martinelli or Enketia if he can help teach these players and become like what Burkamp was in his later years. So he doesn't have to play every minute of every game. He can play half an hour here, 40 minutes here. And if he can help and evolve his game where he doesn't need, you know, I don't think his game's all about pace. I don't think that he's a one-trick pony and he can only, you know, run counter-attack and put the ball in the top corner and stuff like that. You know, he's, I think he's quite a good finisher, left foot, right foot, and he's pretty good in the air as well. But let's say with Saka, he's got a, now he's signed his new contract. He's just got to hopefully keep grounded and not get arrogant and overconfident like 
Gwen Doozy and just, you know, just learn, just take your time. You know, you're going to get a chance at Arsenal. So hopefully he can really kick on. Well, this is the thing. All these guys, they have done that early part of their career. They need good influences and hopefully Aubameyang can be that for them. Uh, Drew, Sanam Garung asks, is Papa done? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kind of it. Like, I, 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 I didn't want him at the club. I don't care what anybody said. So I just don't feel like he's the type of defender that you, if you're trying to play progressive football and build from the back, you, you don't want that kind of defender at the club. And, and you know, the, the, I think the saving grace for someone like a David Luiz is, despite the errors that he does make, I think the fact that he's such a good ball-playing center back, that's the only reason why we wanted him here in the first place. You know, Juris a lot of Mari, but Arteta likes him. Mustafi has improved. I think we can all agree there. I know a lot of us don't like him. Question, Mustafi, would you answer that as well? Forming yeah, the asks, should mm-hmm. we stick or twist in Mustafi? I think we should stick with him. And I think it's, as, as Nicky just said, and I think I agree with him, is it's a squad game now. And if you're going to get into Europe, you need to have players that can rotate in. And you can't just rely on young players everywhere. And if we're, if we're looking at the squad, so say Socrates does get sold and say Mavropanos gets sold on to Germany this summer, which there's a lot of interest in him. So we might very well cash in. You need a player like Mustafi. He's in his prime playing years. He He's, he's improved under Arteta dramatically. Um, and he offer he does offer experience to where someone like Saliba can come in and maybe you know if holding remains you have a good core amount um, of centre backs and obviously Luis is only gonna be here for another year so when Luis is done after next season you still have Mustafi in the club so you still you're still getting that experience at, at that centre back role so yeah there you go yeah I, I you know I, I think you know Chambers and Holding you need we want to see them de- uh, developing okay let's let, let them win those places. Properly, you've got Saliba coming in. We're gonna need people, we're gonna need continuity. And I think to be fair to Mustafi, with the with the most solid lineup we have in front of him, you see the actual qualities of the player rather than them, you know, being absolutely well gun shy after the uh Emery era, you know, when you 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 you're having 30 odd shots on goal every game. So, you know, I, I, I would. I, but I've always been a big Mustafi fan. So, you know, they, 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 they tried to crucify me for it. I stayed strong. I stayed strong. Um, Nikki, here we go. Ellis Mel asks, Ellis Mel is currently in timeout. Yes. How many points are we going to get in our next three games? I can't remember. We've got Leicester. Spurs uh, and I don't even know. I can't remember who the last one is. Spurs and then it's oh sorry, I should have had this up. Yeah, Leicester, Spurs, Liverpool. Oh, I was going to say nine points there, but <laughs> I didn't know Liverpool were then. But I, I, I think we're going to do Tottenham. Leicester had a good win today, and but Palace looked absolutely awful. I watched them, but. I'll be confident. I'll say we'll get seven points, two win and a draw because I don't know. I think Liverpool, they're on the beach already, aren't they? I saw them this week against Magic. They're on the beach. They're not interested. They're worried about next season and not getting injured. I think, is it at Anfield though? Or is that a... Uh, no, it's at our gaff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's at home. We yeah, it's nine points will do. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. A bit of positivity. Just a couple more questions now we ram and we wrap up. 
Uh, I'm going to take the next one. Cyan Vesh asks, what's the difference between now and Emery's winning run? Seems like we're getting a bit carried away. No, I don't agree, Cy. I've got to be honest with you. I think there's a massive difference in the way you've seen the squad development. Whereas Emery planned from game to game, you can see a long-term plan with, with Arteta. Hey, he may fail. He may fail. We don't know what the future holds. But we see from performance to performance, the squad growing, the squad getting more comfortable. You see patterns of play developing. That never happened under Unai. And, you know, I remember during that run, I think we were 15 games in, and myself and John Welsh will be doing this show. And it's like, geez, we, we just seem to be going from pillar to post every every week, every game. You know, there was no development in the way we played. There was no coherent structure as to how we attacked games. We're seeing that under our tete, and I think that's massive. Um, one last question for all of us before we finish. Rudy Rostos asks, who was man of the match? I'm struggling to name one. Nick, you first. I'm not saying Mustafi. I think he did. Louise looked a bit ropey and gave away a few silly fouls. And I think he got booked after about half an hour, which I think, you know, that's a bit silly to get booked that early on into a game because the guy, I think it was Traore, but he was right out on the touchline as well, about 35 yards from God. So there's no need to do that. But Mustafi, I mean, he was, you could, I mean, I was listening to the game with the um, fake crowd noise off and you could actually hear him squeaking and shouting and pointing and he was well whether or not he did he was actually trying to boss the game and people were actually listening to him so I think he actually did, had a really good game today Drew first I'm happy someone finally gave Mustafi credit it took this fan base years to do it so congrats um, but I think he played well I would actually go with Jack. I think um I think Emery kind of mirrored my, my thoughts. I think he, he really controlled the game well. You know, I think for once he didn't really put many feet wrong. He, he got stuck when he needed to. We controlled play through him when, when required, and I think he just had a really good all-around performance. Um, and I wasn't really concerned with him there, despite, you know, Wolves like to be on the ball and run at you at pace and, and, and get set pieces through being uh, fouled persistently. So I, I think he kept his head in the game in that regard. I just think he had a good all-around performance. So I'd go with, with, with Jacka for sure. But it's a good shout about Mustafa as well. So. I, I could happily give either of the man the match. I've got to be honest with you. I thought, um, you know, I, I thought as a squad today, we were superb in the way, even though, you know, I mean, Rudras lost puts on there, Cedric for him, um, Saka for Michael Hahnemann. I thought those two had pretty bang average games, to be honest with you. But they didn't let us down. Do you know what I mean? When when the time came, they put the tackles in. They got their goal. It, I, I, you know, I, I thought I thought you saw us grow up a little bit today. Yeah, Mustafi for me. I've got to be honest, with you, but I'm a bit of a Mustafi fan boy, so that's the way it is. Um, and that's it for today. Um, to our American friends, happy Fourth of July. To all you Gooners, that's a really excellent three points away from home. It's fantastic. To everybody in the chat box, even Ellis Mel, I think he's still banned, or he's probably left with a strop. But um, uh, you've been superb. Chat box has been brilliant laugh today, apart from a couple of spammers. But there you go. Where's the Chelsea guy? Where's the Chelsea guy in there? Hello. Nick, thank you very much, pal. Cheers for having me on, Jace. Always a pleasure, pal. Always a pleasure. Good show. Enjoyed that. 
Drew, always a pleasure to have your dulcet tones and your 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 perspective. I I enjoy that, mate. Well played. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. It's good to be back with you guys. Superb, superb. Gunas, three points. Fingers crossed we can get Champions League. Um, but you know, every game like this is a step in the right direction, and that is magnificent. So well done to Mickey and the lads. Let's keep it Arsenal. Take care. Have a lovely weekend, guys. Thank you. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>